I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes the Number 3 Podcasts on all three of them. And this week, we are almost overwhelmed to take a look at 1994's Drunken Master 2, or Legend of Drunken Master, which of course stars Jackie Chan and is directed by the legendary Lau Garlung. But... Even more than that, we are joined by the rest of the Brugemans, or I guess the other two Brugeman brothers, uh, with the Carl and Masters. Will. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Thanks. This is a Marcato Network full house. It really is. Thanks for having us. Yeah, the, uh, I remember at uh, MAGFest this year, we were just talking about like the movies we were going to be doing for Heroes 3, and we said that we were going to do Drunken Master 2, and I think it was Will. Was, we were like, we should get Will on with this. And then Carl's like, oh, man, y'all are doing Drunken Master 2. I want to be on there, too. <laughs> One of my Alberto cool also house. was like, Alberto wanted to be on, too. But, uh, yeah, it's getting kind of crowded. But hi, Alberto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish he would have come along. That would have been even more fun. We'll get him on. I know he really wants to be on the show. We got to yeah. get some uh, we'll give on technical something. stuff uh, worked out first. But, yeah, for sure. Oh, mm-hmm. it'll happen. We can just imagine his tiny plastic hands for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, so Drunken Master Two guys, like this is this is really big, and we've been building up to this. And uh, yeah, I I just it's kind of hard to overstate how important this movie is. And um, I was thinking about it a lot before we recorded, and I'm pretty sure. I think I saw this movie in 1997 because it was definitely Mm. after high school. And it was right around the time when I started to go to this um, Japanese hobby store that I think I mentioned on the show a couple times. They had it for rent there, actually. And um, yeah, I had already seen stuff like, you know, like Rush Hour. And I was riding that Jackie wave. And to find this movie was just nuts. And uh, it didn't come out in america officially until 2000 i believe which is um yeah it was quite when you showed this to me marty oh yeah Yeah. that could be i probably showed you like a tape dub like shortly before the uh, u.s version had come out but yeah it was considering the uh, jackie chan rumble in the bronx wave it's kind of a late release by um i think it was dimension Mm -hmm. that finally put this out but I've got to say, if you go back and revisit the U.S. version, most of Jackie Chan fans, we tend to dismiss some of uh, those releases as they'll tend to edit elements of the movie or maybe in their dub translation kind of change pretty strong meanings and stuff like that. But actually, I I think the Legend of the Master is, isn't terrible or Legend of the Drunken Master holds up pretty well. And, uh, I think content-wise, like it was put together with at least that's true. care enough for the material. Yeah, for me, it was just performance was the thing that I was missing more than anything. <laughs> but content, yeah, it's 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 quite similar. Yeah, they kind of reworked the script a little bit, and it doesn't lose anything from the main plot. But you you do kind of lose context. Obviously, when they're bringing this movie to America, you don't have this kind of uh, installed 
like user base that knows who Wong Fei Hung is and knows right. how legendary he is. So they kind of right. have to smooth right. out those. Uh, and that, um, even that bits. fan base that you would have had for the original film, uh, they would have known the character as Freddie Wong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really, even watching both films, the first and second in Cantonese, it's not clear how much linkage really there is in the story from one film to the other. And we've talked about that before with Hong Kong film sequels. Yeah, when we started it the other day, me and Will were were asking if, you know, kind of wondering if it was more of like a Spider-Man situation where it's just a complete reimagining or is it, <laughs> it didn't feel like yeah. a sequel. Especially because it's like 16 years after the original mm-hmm. film or something like that. That, that sure. was the thing that yeah. surprised me was that it's because um, I actually hadn't seen this until uh, we watched it for the podcast. Oh, so, man. Um, it was one of those. It had kind of been on my to watch list for forever and I just didn't get around to it. But I was expecting it to have some connection and be like somewhat, you know, acknowledge the fact that it's 16 years in the future and Jackie Chan is like almost 40 or over 40 when this is being made. Mm. But no, it's just, he's still like kind of the lovable rascal kid that's getting in trouble. There's a line in the American dub where it even like the, his stepmother says like, he's reached puberty now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We were joking when we were watching it, that the actor who plays his father is probably only like 10 or 12 years older than Jackie. And so it's funny that he's his father. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually sent I sent Marty a text asking him how far apart he was in years from him and and Will. So, uh you guys are 12 years apart, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, um actually uh Delong, the the actor that plays Wong Kei-ying and Jackie are 6 years apart. Six and they're years, playing father wow. and son. Yeah. yeah. Carl's yeah, 8 years crazy. older than me. So, it's so not even... that's like closer than my closest sibling. <laughs> I think that you guys are a little bit of an exception, but even still, like, thinking about that's pretty crazy. But I think the way that they handle it is just, like, not just that, but also just Wong Fei Hung, like, this as a sequel. They just kind of throw you in there and get you right into, like, all the madness that's happening. I do think it works really well. Yeah. I think there's a lot of context that's maybe invisible for a Western audience really becomes clear when you see some behind-the-scenes footage of what it was like for Jackie and crew trying to shoot this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like Beatlemania. Jackie's the biggest <laughs> star in that part yeah. of the world. And it was so... Yeah. So, yeah, there's some important pieces that we should probably lay out. One is that this is Jackie's return to a period kung fu film in over 10 years. It's a huge event, and uh, audiences kind of never thought they would see Jackie in this kind of movie mm. again. Mm-hmm. It's the first time he's under the direction of Lao Garlong, who's most famous as the the star director of the later period Shaw Brothers films. So there's so much sort of legacy and ceremony behind the making of this movie. And there's also, and I only learned this this week, but I guess the proceeds for this movie were fundraising for the Hong Kong Martial Arts Society, Mm. similar to how the proceeds for Twin Dragons benefited the Hong Kong Directors Guild. So there's a lot that I think really might end up being sort of invisible watching it years later, kind of across yeah. the ocean. But really, the anticipation was so high for these Hong Kong audiences. I don't know that they really needed to see that many callbacks and threads 
to the original film. Uh, but yeah, there's no mention of Simon Ewan's character, Sam the Seed, Beggar So, or anything mm. like that. But I kind of like you can almost, like you're saying it, Carl, view this as kind of an alternate dimension tale of uh, drunken Wong Fei Hung. Well, when you I showed like this to scene. me when I was young, I definitely imagined it as an 80s movie. So I was actually really surprised to realize that it was oh, actually cool. early 90s. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the sensibilities of the film um, kind of call back to an older style. And like Marty was saying, so this this came out in 94. So I was thinking about, you know, Once Upon a Time in China and that Wong Fei Hung that, mm-hmm. that was so iconic in its own way. By mm-hmm. 1994... I, I think they were on to part five of Once Upon a Time in China. So <laughs> yeah, the, right. the other thing they that I like to yeah, think they about. hadn't quite gotten to Once Upon a Time in China in America. But yeah, yeah audiences had seen Jet Li play the character now several times mm-hmm. and some other actors uh, to boot. Yeah. So what I think about is how Jackie kind of always says he doesn't like to repeat himself. Like he likes to kind of create the trend and then move on to something else after he sees that everybody else is kind of copying him. And um, I almost see it like going, like he's doing a lap and touching on all these different genres. And finally, like 1994, like he's got this huge momentum and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do this again, but I'm going to do it my way. And um, you, you also have this whole thing with Lao Garlong and, and De Long playing Wong Qiying. So it's like this multi-generational thing. And like you were saying, this was like a benefit film. And this was also yeah. like a Chinese New Year film. So right. the, and, a, well, and a huge hit just, when it came out. In well, Hong and Kong it's also and, really funny. Market. Like I was saying to Carl um, the other day when we were watching it, just the way that his character is treated, it almost reminded me of kind of like they had that John C. Riley, Will Ferrell version of Sherlock Holmes, where it was like <laughs> right. everything was really comedic and funny. And you have these. And Jackie Chan, I think, is one of the great physical comedians of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like Stan Laurel if he could like kick ass. And yeah. I mean, he yeah. sells so much so of much that. About I like this the fact movie. that you have this character, especially you're talking about, you know, the Once Upon a Time in China films and kind of the almost. Um, I don't know. You almost think of that maybe being like the definitive uh, kind of filmic version of that character. But I love that the way his character is in Drunken Master 2 is not some great fabled folk hero. He's this sort of embarrassing, <laughs> yeah. bumbling like son who embarrasses Well, it's cool because he becomes that disowned. in the movie eventually. But yeah, it definitely, at least right. how he starts out, he's he's definitely bumbling. And it's also Jackie's getting to bring... Um, so we often talk about Drunken Master 2 in terms of Jackie's evolution in action and choreography and how you see the Jackie Chan of the police story films and Project mm-hmm. A, etc., kind of brought back into period kung fu. But you also see it's Jackie's so cool. contemporary on-screen persona. This feels like a lead Jackie role that isn't, say, that removed from something like Project A or Police Story. Yeah, yeah and awesome. then we we also have the whole thing where I think that people that don't really pay attention don't realize that Lal Garlong directed this, mm-hmm. and there's the whole kind of story behind that where, and yeah, you know... When does Lal Garlong leave the movie? And yeah, yeah I think the uh, sort of internet rumors 
or whatever around the movie are that Hal Garlong and Jackie had friction and that Hal Garlong was more or less fired from the movie. That's not exactly accurate. So the first Hmm. chunk of this film was actually shot in mainland China, which wasn't new for Jackie. Supercop was that first major production heavily shot there. But this is his first real big Chinese event since Supercop. And they really hadn't scheduled enough time to get all the footage they needed. And like a lot of Hong Kong films, they may not have actually had the entire film scripted at that <laughs> point. And so they were shooting in a few locations in mainland China and then in the, the great uh, Shanghai film studios there. They ran over budget, apparently, and ran over time. And at that point, Jackie decided, okay, we're going to go back to Hong Kong and we'll shoot the rest of the movie. And Lao Garlong was not interested at that point. Now, I'm sure there were differences of opinion and, you know, likely some tension there, but it's not as hmm. though it came to blows and sure. Jackie fired and I also... Lao Garlong or something like that. And really, in the final movie, you have scenes sandwiched together, hmm. uh, scenes shot by Lao Garlong in China and then scenes directed by Jackie in Hong Kong and each of them are some of the best scenes in the film. I would oh, say in yeah. general, Lal Garlung's material is maybe a little more on the artful, nuanced side. And Jackie's maybe emphasizes uh, some of the fun energy. But that's <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of uh, exaggerating and oversimplifying things a little bit. And I think that they, they work really well together. I think that if you're super into it like maybe somebody that's listening to this episode would be and you're really looking for those stylistic differences you're you can tell like i think if you know lao garlong and you know like his work in uh action cinema he really likes to represent the martial arts of kung fu movies right and uh you get to see a lot of that and kind of his representation of what he feels drunken boxing should look like and then uh once he's gone and you see yeah. what Jackie can do with it, <laughs> you get to see like his really wild, like kind of crazy take on it. But it's also kind of addressing what I was talking about with Once Upon a Time in China, where I think that was probably the first movie we covered that had like really dramatic wire foo, you know? Right. And, uh, and I know that historically Jackie's kind of, I wouldn't say anti that, but he kind of right. wants to lean towards some What's more. What's funny though is that uh, it's Jackie's scenes in this movie that have more prominent wire stuff than yeah. Paul Garlong's scenes, but usually it's wires to pull a guy that's been kicked, that right. kind of thing. What's also great though is that we have Paul Garlong on screen, kind of the the old man figure yeah. of the movie. I wasn't and expecting that. Honestly, the mm. fight sequences between Jackie and Paul Garlong, particularly in so the beginning, good. are just. Oh, just yeah. gorgeous. So well, such I a also treat forgot that about together. that great sort of sword and spear under the train. Yeah. I remember oh that God, fight yeah. going underneath the train, but that's such a cool, like little confined space and just the beats of how that play out with their kind well, of yeah, that, dialogue. That, and I banter noticed back when I was watching really that, fun. that like some of my favorite fights in film are always in really confined spaces because it adds this like additional <laughs> awesome. challenge and like scary element um, that that's a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, that kind of totally. calls back to uh, another Lao Garlong movie in Martial Club at the end when they're going through that uh, narrow alleyway in the final fight. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Yep. And it's like gets narrower and narrower. But um, cool. Yeah, I suppose should we get to jumping right into? You should probably jump into the movie. I itself. think we're ready to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> 
Uh, but first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Returning to Pochi Lam with supplies, a precarious plan by our hero Wang Fei Hung erupts into conflict with China's history at stake. Wang Fei Hung's troubles are provoked even further by his equally mischievous stepmother Ling, inciting him to disobey his father and showcase his drunken fist. Unmatched and at full power, Wang Fei Hung takes his aim at the foreign powers that oppress Fo Shan. But can Wang Fei Hung survive his father's wrath before he can save his city? After 16 years, Jackie Chan returns to the iconic role that made him a star. T Lung, Anita Mui, and Kin Lo all star alongside Jackie in Lao Karlong's action masterpiece, Drunken Master 2. So luckily, like a lot of these uh like a lot of these movies, the plot's not like it gets you from fight to fight. It's not like super duper, you know, compelling in and of itself. But it is really cool that I feel like a lot of the 90s kung fu movies have a lot more of like a nationalist kind of bent to them mm, compared totally. to the 70s <laughs> ones. Because I feel like almost every 90s Hong Kong movie we've watched has some kind of like foreign threat that needs to be handled or defeated or is at the very least like present. Yeah, and 100%. Like here. if we think of the older kung fu films, uh, you'd maybe see one white actor every now and again, like Roy Horan and yeah. Eagle Shadow or something. But they're not depicting a period where you have kind of overwhelming British influence in Hong Kong. But I think you're totally right. 90s kung fu movies are kind of all about that. Also, we're just on the verge of Hong Kong officially joining mainland China, which was scheduled to happen in 1997 we kind of talked about that as subtext for super cop mm-hmm. and it's definitely i think kind of hanging over the head of drunken master 2 as well but yeah we have some great kind of uh token uh token whites in this movie cartoonish <laughs> <Yeah>. bad guys <laughs> some good baddies british people make the best baddies <laughs> Don't they? Yeah. yeah, I mean it's What's pretty great is there's, fun. There's no version of the movie where you get to hear uh, these actors voice them. Yeah, yeah, I actually I switched over to the Chinese just to see if there was some really bad like, British no, actors. It's actually not no. Jackie's voice on the original Cantonese version either. Even though Jackie's own productions since Supercop started playing around with recording sync sound, um, mm-hmm. I doubt that Wild Garlong had ever directed a film with sync sound before. You see some of the behind-the-scenes footage, and there are no microphones, uh, mm-hmm. booms of any kind. This is kind yeah. of going back to the old-school not recording. On yeah, the the sound effects are basically all the same old like mm-hmm. '70s, '80s yeah. sound effects. They sound a but, little better. But they sound like they sound like a little bit better. But, yeah. And <laughs> you much. also, in the version that we have, the Hong Kong Rescue version, it has the. Um, it has the Golden Harvest theme at the beginning, but you actually hear like the theme because the Dimension version it has like other music over it. But right. the, yeah. you hear the Golden Harvest theme, and it's weird hearing it in like crisp, high quality audio. <laughs> like it should <laughs> yeah, sound like you know a third generation VHS whenever you listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, the U.S. release did get a rescore like a lot of the other films that we talked mm-hmm. about. Yeah. That was but, done um, by uh, Michael Wanmacher. 
I guess he's a Minnesota native, so we should look him up. Oh, now. nice. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 score, the score for the version we watched, the, the American dub version, was interesting. It, it, didn't, always, it didn't always fit the, the tone of the scene. Yeah. But. yeah, and there are moments when I think it works, and there are moments when I think it's like, uh, yeah, it's kind of too hammy. I agree. Well, um, I think sometimes thing... it, just, it's, it feels like it's intended to like, keep everything feeling light, and almost mm-hmm. not yeah. be taken seriously because there's plenty of sequences where there's pressing on-screen action and really visceral fights and the music's just like playing it kind of sweet and fun. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so I mean, I think they maybe just wanted to like tone down, I don't know, the more dramatic parts of it or just to almost clue you in of like when a fight is almost like a carefree like they're basically friends that are fighting versus uh this is you know a climactic yeah thing kind of sometimes it's just the audience so yeah bit. and it just goes against what's exciting in the scene like when he first fights with the fishmonger in the version that Carl and I watched the score was just like so light and comic it was so sounding silly, but know. it's not really what was happening on screen and I know eventually they pair up um, but it almost is like indicating too early that like don't pay any yeah. attention to their fighting oh. here. Yeah, it's, nice. You know, I would argue that the Hong Kong score isn't. I don't think holds up particularly well either. I've got I was, a soft yeah. spot for it, but um, right. Yeah, I think neither score is necessarily up to the level of the rest of the movie making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a magical non-existent blending of the two that would be (laughs) really good because there are a couple moments that i like in the original score that work really well and we do at least in the hong kong version get to hear the wong fei hong theme on the Mm -hmm. general's orders um but it's kind of used to uh comedic effect yeah right sure sure so like yeah so the beginning of this film really throws you right in and what you see is wong fei hong and his father and their servant at a train station and looks like they're making their way back after picking up some supplies for Pochilam. And uh, what ends up happening is Wong Fei-Hong sees an opportunity for uh, them to kind of smuggle in an item without having to pay tax. Mm -hmm. But what that basically does is set up really like all of the conflict in the whole film. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it also serves as a device for him to run into who we'll find out is a the thief, uh, uh, Chinese. Uh, well, he's like a, a quote unquote thief. Yeah. But he's Chinese military and he's kind of yeah. doing like the country's like, uh, yeah, like, top, his... like secret work. Like, yeah. Cause what, what trying... sets the whole, the whole movie in motion is that he, uh, Jackie's trying to basically steal back the, the goods the that he snuck yeah. in, the ginseng, the ginseng snuck yeah. in. And uh, the thief is steals this package that's in the exact same wrapping, and it contains like a Chinese artifact. And he's supposedly like a, a hero that's trying to liberate things and stop the British from just taking it. And yeah, putting it in belongs museum. in a museum. It belongs to me, but it belongs in a Chinese museum, right? <laughs> yeah. <a> British museum. <laughs> it's a great little MacGuffin, and it leads to the first great fight scene that we've already alluded to, which is like the location of this is amazing. The mm. two actors couldn't be more legendary, and the choreography mm-hmm. and the performance is just oh, out of so this good. Well, and then also, so I mean, this is the first he- time when you see how Jackie is selling this movie. Like every ounce of of his being is just selling comedically, you know, action wise. It's just right. It's right. just so good. 
And you don't get to see Jackie with weapons too often. He's usually, or at least not like actual weapons. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, totally. he'll be using random stuff from around him a as husk a weapon, of corn but, or something. Yeah. yeah, but seeing him with an actual sword is really there's a cool lot of cool weapons in this movie. Some of some of which I. I'm curious to get your guys' opinion of what even they are, because <laughs> oh, sure. I was confused <laughs> oh. a couple times how I would even describe yeah, the weapons gotcha. he uses. Yeah. What's great about this opening fight is you're ready to clap as soon as they've kind of finished the under the train part of the sequence. Yeah. And then it goes oh, into yeah. a longer period at this hut, kind of away from the train tracks, and here's where we get the return of Jackie's drunken boxing. Yes, you are watching the sequel to Drunken Master, mm-hmm. and he's going through all of the Drunken Immortals from that film. And to be fair, they're doing a pretty good job of capturing some of the Yun Ping choreography from the original yeah. movie. And like we said, there's not a lot of nods to that original film, and um, it's but they're purposely uh, holding it's kind back of pointed, to actually. Right, right, that's true. But I almost think that Wal Garlong's character's critique is maybe almost his critique yeah. personally. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, like I he doesn't have enough power. Boxing. Like he he's not able to actually attack with it. You could you could tell there's something missing in his. He doesn't have the, yeah, you know, the missing ingredient. Also, it's like an interesting difference between say the original language and the dub, and this gives you a taste of maybe some of the differences in the whole movie. Uh, Whenever Jackie is going through the forms, we have kind of like in the original film, him calling out the forms as he's doing them. Right. They usually just sort of cut that audio all together in the dub. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They actually kind of do this thing where he kind of makes like kind of jokey, like it's almost like the dubs kind of mocking martial arts styles where it's, he has kind of jokey animal titles for what he's doing. Um, Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. It's, yeah, it's it can be funny in its own way, but it's even more broad, right? And I think that the original audio using those and calling back to like, you know, it's like basically a direct line to the original film if you're looking for it, it that's much more rewarding, obviously, I think that. But um one of my favorites is when he's laying on the ground. He uh, in the original audio uh when she Lao Garlong's character asks him, "What's that?" and he Jackie goes drunk on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Good. Was that when he's rubbing his breasts? Um, no, that's yeah, yeah. Right, it is. It because is. the American yeah, dub had a really terrible line there, which was self-administered massage. Oh, which was oh, just yeah. no, yeah. no. Uh, yeah, but I, we, I will say this... I I do like the the U.S. dub for films that are meant to be comic because it's like you're already laughing at mm. some of the hammy kind of bad voice acting essentially and so it's like I'm already in the spirit to laugh and then when funny things happen it's like I, I think I yeah. feel worse about it um, like I, I can't stand watching like you know anime films or TV shows like with the English dub because unless it's supposed to just be silly and you're not taking it seriously they just go for it way too far I think for me yeah, it was hard because I the first time I saw the movie was the original with the subtitles and so for me I actually did have a kind of a hard time with the dub version I'll be honest oh sure and this was uh these this was the original dub that didn't have Jackie's voice in it 
right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Well, I watched both versions. I watched the one with the Jackie voice. And I, of the two dubs, I like the one with has Jackie's voice more because I feel like some of the translations kind of flow better. Because, like, I don't know, they just work. I wish I could have seen that version instead. The interesting thing about that is that actually, since Will mentioned anime voice acting, there are a lot of um, anime voice actors that are in that cast, the one with Jackie, and one of them is Brian Cranston, just oh, like we really? saw oh, in Street right. Fighter Two. Yeah, is he the, the other British one is, villain? I don't. They don't have the character because listed. I was thinking the British them. villain looked kind of like Brian Cranston. I was even <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. that when we were watching it. I'm like, that guy looks like Brian Cranston. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> one of the other ones that I was surprised to see in the cast list was a woman named Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. And I don't know if that name... It rings a bell. What was does she? Does it? It does. Carl right? does it? Do, do you recognize that name? No, there's a different Mary Elizabeth <laughs> so, that I'm thinking of from Scott Pilgrim. Okay, so um, she is actually the vocalist for Akira Yamaoka's work on Silent Hill. Oh. Oh, wow. That's oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah she's, does she... Uh, uh, is she like Anita Moy's character? They don't have the characters listed. Oh, right. Yeah. So sorry. they just have them. I'll keep all. asking you. No, that. it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. But I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So um this fight, we said it. It's amazing. But this basically moves us forward. So what happens is uh after the fight, they both have received these packages that they both kind of swiped, but they actually kind of swapped them out. So Jackie thinks he got the ginseng back, but it's actually this uh, jade Imperial idol. Seal. Yeah. And that's a yeah. great gag when and he's trying to hide it from them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. So the um, the bad guys are searching everybody on the train. Yeah. And then what's great is we actually ha- have Andy Lau coming to his rescue. Andy Lau, a giant star at this time and still today. Mm. It's kind of crazy seeing him in this, uh, this small part. But yeah. He's kind of like this government official, flashes some important ID, and he's basically like, yeah, don't mess with this guy, Jackie. It's not clear why. He just kind of takes a shine to <laughs> Wong Fei Hong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good guy, kind of bails him out. And that then, is, Yeah, that uh, is one interesting thing about the movie. They, it almost seems like they're setting up like a thread of that somehow yeah. this character is going to be important, but then it just kind of doesn't happen that way. Yeah, I think with uh, the production going the way it went, where they basically had to kind of stop and regroup in Hong Kong, there are actually a handful of actors that they lose in the process. Some people kind that of sense. come along uh, along in the other side, but you also have some folks that are more Lao Garlong loyalists, like <laughs> Lao Garlong, his cousin who's a character that yeah. you don't see in any of the Jackie sequences. But honestly, mm-hmm. if you don't know these behind-the-scenes stories, I bet you don't even... You don't I'd be notice surprised it, no. if you'd even notice. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we make our way back to, um, to you know, make our way back home, and we get to see the famous Pochilam School Clinic that we've seen in other Wong Fei Hong films. Here we hear the on the general's orders theme, and there's a great little sequence where we see a character played by the great Anita Mui. And she's starting some uh, martial arts stances. Mm. And then you realize she's setting <laughs> up to play a grand slam in her uh, mahjong. Yeah. So and you have to so hide that the, uh, from the father. Cats away and, or whenever. And it's so funny because it's so clear that they do it all the time. As soon as you know Jackie's <laughs> right. character comes home, he's like, oh, mahjong again? 
Yeah, and I love all that the. I love that, that kind of idea. like um, joke setup for something that isn't. It's like um, I don't know. I really enjoyed in the Last Jedi when you think that like a ship is landing and it's just like a little close up <laughs> oh, of it, a space yeah. iron. Like I, I love that kind of <laughs> stuff that always makes me laugh. Me too. I'm mm-hmm. totally down for Great that. Shit. Especially when yeah, it's like something can make fun of its own like, and not that you know this. Yeah, but making playing fun with its genre or its yeah. IP or its kind of like iconography, I think is kind of funny because everyone yeah. knows like it's the, a movie. Like the um, the first thing I thought when you said that was the in a uh, Raiders whenever yeah the yeah, Nazi yeah yeah guy. <laughs> where it's just a coat hanger. Yeah, I feel oh, like that's so yeah that's the definitely the inspiration for the Last Jedi mm-hmm. gig. Oh, one hundred percent. But you were saying Matthew about uh, Anita. Oh, Moy Anita Mui's amazing in this. And yeah. she, she's my like, favorite has, part of the movie, I think. She has she's really great. strong, like, Lucille Ball energy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, just, totally like, the way point. that she does her faces and, like, the, you know, bouncing back and forth. And she just has an amazing she's so energy. Funny. Funny. She is a little bit. Her character is a little bit like Lucy, too, in that it's, mm-hmm. like, she's always trying to, like, hide this mischief mm-hmm. from her husband. Yet, in this story, mm-hmm. there's such that fun, playful relationship that she has with Jackie where it's like she almost covers for him and um yeah, they, be, get, they get each him. other into trouble which is really well and it's fun. great that she's a uh, set up to be like a stepmother so we don't have to constantly kind of stretch our disbelief about Jackie's age as well yeah <laughs> right yeah, so yeah you kind of feel that they're a little more like compatriots if uh it's not clear that so Anita Mui was another just giant superstar at this time. Um, not really for period Kung Fu, but really more like mm. the Madonna of the Chinese oh, music yeah, market. Madonna. So it's huge casting in this role. And yet She's some more behind the scenes context of what a big deal this movie and production was. This whole scene is just it's just lots of shenanigans of them trying to cover up the fact that he doesn't have the ginseng and I, my my favorite of it. Looks is, like ginseng. <laughs> Yeah. My favorite is whenever she comes out and just has this giant radish and it's like, this is the ginseng. <laughs> I just want to show him what he should avoid. With... Don't yeah. eat radishes. Yeah. I love that that fools him. Like he, yeah. He's like <laughs> dumb I'm enough to be like, well, that. I'm glad she showed you that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's yeah. funny. And that's also when she is says that, that thing? line about, she's like, wait a minute, I'm I'm worried about him. He's reached puberty now and he's getting yeah. lonesome. I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> wait, who are you talking about? <laughs> this man, he's in yeah. his 40s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, but this next scene is, kind of, it's funny. It, it It's almost like sets us up for the finale this early in the movie, this crazy, uh, like, mine area and i was listening a little bit to the commentary that said this was an actual mine that like people actually worked at so at the end of the movie what you're seeing is like a sets in hong kong but this is still in the lao garlong period so this is an actual mine in china Mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy place looks terrifying (laughs) like like it looks like a one thing i noticed um which I didn't notice it watching it before, but at least watching uh, the version that we watched, the scenes in the mine are all very dark and sometimes hard to actually make out what's going on. Mm. Right, mm. right. Yeah, and in the U.S. version, they actually color grade those scenes 
more red, so they're kind of warmer, so they're easier to see. That makes sense. So that's yeah. yeah, that's a good thing that they did in the American version. Um, yeah, so we get introduced to uh, more of the bad guys here, and um, the one guy I, I really like to mention is Ho Sung Pak, who plays the foreman. And, uh, <laughs> and why would you like to mention? Yeah, him? why would you oh, like man. to mention him? <laughs> There's so many reasons. <laughs> so for one. This man is the man that played Liu Kang, not in any of the films, <laughs> like in but the he game itself. Actually, Liu yeah. Kang in Mortal Kombat One and in Mortal Kombat Two. That's he so also wild. did the motion capture for Shang Tsung in the first game. So, if you're playing Mortal Kombat One, you're playing Mortal Kombat Two. You're playing as Ho Sung Pak in yeah. the game. So that's reason number one. Reason number two. <laughs> Is there was this TV show on American, uh, like Saturday mornings, and it was kind of like a wrestling show, but it was kind of like martial arts version of a wrestling show called WMAC Masters, and it was hosted by Shannon Lee, and they had this cast of martial artists that were all like playing these characters, and they would end up fighting each other and competing for this kind of trophy. And Ho Sung Pak and his brother were also in that show, and he played a character named Superstar. So that's reason number two. Reason that number I love three this might guy. be the best, though. Reason number three <laughs> is he was Raphael in the Ninja Turtles in Ninja Turtles two and three. He's the suit actor for Raphael for all in those the, films. For all the Raphael fights, man. Yeah, that's it's awesome. crazy. So For all and that's the one actually... fights in Ninja Turtles three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay, because of that, I kind of looked into things, and that's actually the reason that he's in this film. Because uh, what I found out is that in Ninja Turtles three, Lau Garlong actually helped with some of the fight choreography on that film, or some of the action direction, and. Hmm. They met on that film, and when he was going to do Drunken Master 2, he brought him over to work on this movie. So that's, that's cool. so cool to me. But his, it's his really fate fun. in Drunken Master 2 is, is a little bit uh, sad because, yeah. unfortunately, in this very first scene that you see him, he jumps down from that higher balcony that the, mm-hmm. the foreman's office is in. And on that jump, he apparently suffered a bad injury to his ankle, <sighs> I want to say. And mm. that lasted the rest of the movie. So there are some That's really so inventive sad. use of doubles whenever that character is supposed to be kicking. But I mean, Ho Sung Pak is known uh, for being a great kicker. So was, you can only imagine how uh, frustrated he must yeah. have been in that situation. Hmm. And that might also be a reason why the emphasis kind of starts moving in the movie towards Ken Lo's character. And Ken Lo is ultimately mm-hmm. set up to be the main villain and the fates are smiling there because that's part of what's legendary about this movie we've talked about yeah. Ken Lo in the past he's someone that Jackie found as a bouncer at a club he had like a Thai <laughs> boxing background for a period of time he was mm-hmm. Jackie's bodyguard actually and he mm-hmm. became part of the stunt team what I love in this film is Ken Lo is so sophisticated and yep. the last thing on earth you're imagining is that bouncer of some mm-hmm. cd club right yeah, dude, yeah he almost he has sharp. like well he i love his character and it's funny to hear that it was almost like a quasi unintentional thing because he to me is almost like a hitchcock villain he's like a james Ooh, mason like kind of thing because totally. what i love is when he's when jackie he also fights reminded me the of an, gangsters. Uh, of an anime villain too oh yeah you're yeah. saying that but like when jackie fights those gangsters um in the uh I don't want to like jump ahead in the movie, but like the first time when he bumps into them 
and he gets super drunk that first time. Um, I like the idea that there's someone above them for him to yeah. have to best at the end. Like if you didn't have yeah. his character, mm-hmm. th- there wouldn't, it would just kind of be like redoing a fight that he already won, you know? And right. so I like that right. you kind of set up at first that like, Oh, he is this amazing martial artist and he has this. Yeah. Drunken see what's interesting technique. when I, and maybe that is intentional, but when I first saw the movie, I knew that, ooh, that's the guy. We got to wait to see him fight. Like, you know that he's really, really good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like uh, Homer when the, the Yakuza yeah. are at their house. <laughs> yeah, little guy hasn't anything. done yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, and then they go inside. That's totally oh. what's going on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah speaking of sure. that, that's he. you're saying about it, he looks like an anime villain. He looks like he could be in one of the Yakuza games. Like he's oh, yeah, like man. he's doing these crazy kicks and stuff all while wearing this really sharp suit. Yeah, oh, and right. that positions okay. them, you know, as the opposition. Mm-hmm. You've got these, um, you know, Asian characters wearing Western clothing, mm-hmm. and actually, that's the most kind of evil little... thing you can do. <laughs> right. Well, right. that's a kind of a thing that Anita Mui will comment on pretty soon in the movie, but also something that uh, Lao Garlong's character mentions. Cause because uh, because when he runs into Jackie at first, he's coming out of like yeah the, he thinks he's like a foreign car. stooge, so he's insulting yeah. Jackie. He calls him like a <laughs> traitor. I think the term that he used was ru- running dog. Running was a dog, term that he yeah. uses, and that kind of starts that fight. But okay, so <laughs> moving on to the next scene, we've got kind of a almost like a classic kung fu situation. Yeah, this is a very very Lao Garlong scene, here. and it really. Um, shows how how evolved the filmmaking has gotten in 1994 compared to, say, the Shaw Brothers or older Golden Harvest kung fu films. This set with the fishmonger looks just, yeah, looks just gorgeous. It's, yeah, also, and yeah, all the extras and everything, too. Film studios. This That whole sequence reminded me of the basket chase in Raiders when, with yeah. Marion oh, in the marketplace. That. That's a kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was like, I mean, I think it, it's shot very differently, but like with all the extras around and everything, it has this like bustling, expensive, like movie set feeling. It's just so um, fun. Definitely contrasts with really like the original scene. film from the 70s. Like it doesn't have that same sort of polish necessarily that you could have i don't know something on that scale not that it's like some big set piece or anything um but i i really but yeah, i no, do like definitely that scene. really good scope to it and also um the movie's so well paced as far as the action goes we're really due for a, a great action moment here mm-hmm. and this brings us to a really nice scene i think great kung fu films have fights at sort of different scales different levels as far as stakes and yeah. even in terms of the action and the explosiveness. And this is almost Wong Fei Hong. Uh, he's kind of forced due to social pressures to basically mm. take up the fishmonger to this challenge. But this also shows, to. I think, kind of the classy side of Wong Fei Hong. He's not like the Freddie Wong from the first movie. He's just ready yep. to be a rascal. He has He's a little more measured and reserved. Well, I found the scene interesting because, correct me if I'm wrong, she keeps telling him to do drunken box. He never does it in this fight. He never does drunken boxing in this fight, does he? Yeah, so he's he's kind of positioned where uh, Felix Wong's character, Tsan, is very proud of his Choi Li Fu style. And he's 
working in the fish market. So Wong Fei Hong shows up and he's kind of already incentivized to challenge him because of the girl. The, yep. There's a she's like a snake. I don't know. She like she's a, like snake a snake butcher. Snake market <laughs> yeah. snake butcher. <laughs> As one is. Um yeah, and she's talking up Drunken Fist and wants Wong Fei Hung to teach her and he's uh reluctant and he gets wrapped into this fight and it's kind of this honorable kind of tussle where they're just kind of showing their styles but Wong Fei Hung's really reluctant to use uh Drunken Fist and you can tell that he really does have the upper hand but he's being very polite yeah, exactly. in this exchange yeah the, the one thing i do Using just really... more traditional hongar kind of stuff yeah for sure and um one thing i really love is there's a moment where he almost does mm -hmm. do the drunken fist you see his hand turn yep. and in the original audio um there's a cue like signifying that and it's kind of a nice little musical cue and then the american mm. one they gloss over that completely yeah um, there's so, also the moment where he almost gets him in the throat lock and then you see on Wong Feng Hong's face, he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Let's go. I love that. He's but it's unclear back. whether the fishmonger realizes how much Wong Feng Hong is, is, is holding back here. I also yeah, like how it's, it's just great. so interrupted. It, it, there's almost this like, oh, my mom's here. I got to go. Bye. Mm -hmm. Like the, <laughs> yeah, totally. it's like they immediately yeah. become like little kids playing Pokemon cards on the playground. Yeah. Like yeah. in that moment, I thought that was so funny. I just I like the use of humor in this movie because it's like you can have such great visceral action and amazing choreography as you guys have said but I don't think the humor of the context takes away from how great any of that stuff is. To me it actually helps pace the movie so that by the time you get to the final set piece you don't feel you haven't had like intensity blowout like i think it would be easy mm -hmm. to get fatigued with all the fighting yeah. you need to have some comic fights and some more intense ones and it's a, the movie's able to have so many great fights that's why i think i love this movie so much same. is because it's so balanced and it, it's one of the funnier jackie movies but it's also one of my favorite movies uh, of jackie's fight wise action wise but yeah there's there's so much to entertain you in this movie and it's paced really well. Yeah, it really pushes you through all these scenes uh, really quickly. And before you know it, yeah. you're more than halfway through the it's movie. It's not a boring so this movie. Really, no, not at all. This sends us to the next kind of uh, big fight. So basically this is the what first, Insights This is the first is. chunk of the movie we're seeing that I was directed by Jackie in the latter part of God, the God, and I, I love it. And oh, that's, cool, cool. And that's starting even from... Uh, he and Anita getting to that little tea house. Um, I want to mm -hmm. say, yeah. So I might be mistaken, but I think even that stuff was uh, shot in Hong Kong. Cool. Um, yeah. What happens here is that Anita uh, Ling's character. She, I mean, she has to sell her diamond necklace to kind of pay for the ginseng that they have to buy to make. So it's like this comedy of errors where things are getting worse and worse and worse. But what happens is the goons from the British consulate are they mistake that purse that has the diamond necklace for the jade idol. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, when one of the guys steals it, Wong Fei Hung makes chase. And um, you guys were talking about comedy also, but Anita is just like 300% like per perfect comedic timing and perfect comedic acting in the right. midst of all of this. If action. I was, yeah, I would say so, like 
the in the ensuing chase and then fight if i was going to show someone one scene from this movie it would be this whole sequence yeah. um you know yes. all of the women yeah. grabbing the wine and they they say wine in the dub but it's clearly not just wine that they they grab a lot of stuff too uh some of what they grabbed was much harder than wine mm-hmm. um but yeah th- it's just yeah phenomenal. and a lot of these drunken movies they translate it as wine, but it usually means like liquor. Yeah, or like you get some this kind of really alcohol. fun, almost balletic <laughs> sequence where, in between these fast fist blows, you know, Jackie will grab a bottle and then take a quick swig of it and smash it in someone's face, and then he'll grab another one. And oh, it's so and funny. that and that's classic Jackie. That like that's why I love this movie is because it's such a good vehicle for him to sell that. Like it's funny and it's also just really cool. Um, that he has mm-hmm. to do this and he only has a split second to drink it and he has to use this other guy's back in order to, you know, angle it so that he can get as much alcohol. Well, it's also this system. sort of like irreverent Popeye that his spinach yes, is absolutely. alcohol. Yeah. They're just yeah, having just, so much fun with that. We talked about that with some of the older uh, drunken movies and actually even in Magnificent Butcher, that drunken character, mm-hmm. they actually play the Popeye music. I mean, nobody could nobody liquor. could sell this role like, quite like Jackie did. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. What's also great is, like we said, this is a sequence that Jackie directed and designed, shot in the later part of the film's production. But like you said, Carl, this is maybe one of the real standouts of the film. Even a it's my favorite of Jackie's scene. career or of Hong Kong cinema. There aren't enough superlatives for how great this sequence is. Part of what I think makes it great is that Jackie is faced off with some of his go-to yeah. uh, members mm-hmm. of his stunt team. So they just know how to work so well together. Films. But yeah, their their timing is just unreal. And that that one sequence that opens with Jackie flipping the bag or the purse as he's making those punches, it's... Uh, Oh, everything about well, this my, is just my favorite well, glad- sh- one of my favorite like visual shots of the movie is when um I think it's the purse right he throws it to her and then she like reaches her hand up in the air and catches it oh. yeah mm-hmm. me yeah. too That's just it's so, so perfect and whenever yeah and whenever he does like the cool pose after being away all the guys and then she like puts her leg up on his leg yeah. and it's like posing along with him amazing mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. i also carlos i'm glad you mentioned like the just how great the comedy is in that scene too and it's something that i just can't think of an example of like something in western or u.s cinema for like an action film that balances both the comedy and the action at such a high level i mean if you yeah. think about somebody like right. schwarzenegger it's like you have his movies like terminator terminator 2 that are like cool action films and then you have something like kindergarten cop but there no one would look at arnold's comedies and say like those are the pinnacle of action but what's great about drunken master 2 is yeah i mean it's like they're really funny movies like they're genuinely funny and they they also just happen but they're not like silly to the degree where the movie yeah it's not like a part or something yeah the premise of the movie isn't like a farce you know the dub makes it seem more silly than it than it should be, but but yeah, it is really it's really makes me smile thinking about where Jackie would eventually go on to with things like Rush Hour and Shanghai Noon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. that's his favorite and kind actually, of combination. One of the very next films that he would shoot would be Rumble in the Bronx, which, as we mm-hmm. talked about, changed the trajectory of his whole mm-hmm. career. Yeah. So yeah. definitely some good karma for Jackie Chan in this moment. The, the whole thing that I like to think about, and this is another thing that I was thinking about when I saw it, is when I was 
in, around this age, like 97, something like that, I was really getting into like anime and stuff. And um, I really liked a show called Ranma One Half. And <laughs> the more I was watching this, the com the comedy in this action is like very like on the nose like Ranma one half because like Ron in Ranma one half you'd have almost this exact same situation where there's like this comedic mistake that leads to a big fight and uh, you've got a whole crowd of people like watching and kind of making their own little funny jokes while the fight's going on and actually I feel like if if you're into this like if you're trying to like I feel like Ranma one half has a lot of the same energy. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think that it, it works really well in the same ways that this specific sequence works, um, especially with Anita Mui and everything like that. So I, I was thinking about that a lot too, and that, I don't, I don't know, it just works really well. Um, yeah, so we we get Wong Fei Hung and he's getting drunk, even though at the beginning he's like, I shouldn't do this, and uh, Ling's egging him on egging him on and then eventually he gets really drunk and he just destroys these guys and like will was saying this popeye situation i w was also thinking that this is kind of like the closest you get to jackie being like a superhero on totally. film yeah and um, but i really like that it's in terms of chinese culture and legend yeah because some of the moves that he's doing like are just so fantastical and they just kind of really showcase this kind of there's no way this could actually happen like with um the use of strings in uh, uh, wires in the fight and just how he just destroys everybody <laughs> once he's mm -hmm. yeah. full of alcohol it's just like i mean it's it's popeye it's just i mean that's what it is right yeah well and then we get to yeah. close the fight in such a brilliant way i think it really works in terms of the story because Wong Kei ying his father comes in and of course he's ashamed to see his son using drunken boxing and also embarrassing and shaming his family in the town square. But yeah. underneath that is the context that we have T. Lung, who is uh, Shaw Brothers' weeding man and star mm -hmm. from an earlier era, getting to fight Jackie. You've built in, I think, this really organic excuse to get to see these two legends fight, and it's the only time that's ever happened on yeah. screen. So there's something really special about that, too. And then it also, I think, really naturally leads us to the next area of the movie, which emphasizes a little more of the drama of what's at risk using this form of drunken mm -hmm. boxing. We really kind of explore the shame. That you have a lot. Yeah, there's, you, you really pay for it afterwards, don't you? Right, right. Yeah, one of the things much that, like drinking um, itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the the worst right. thing, the moment when I think they wanted the audience to gasp is when um, Jackie's character starts fighting his dad unknowingly because he's so yeah. incredibly drunk. That's like just like yeah, oh right. no, yeah. like you struck him. Like how dare you strike <laughs> your father? You know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Jackie says that. Um, he went back and watched the original Drunken Master and watching that film, he was kind of surprised at kind of like the message that you can pull from it where, uh, you know, alcohol kind of was like this, like you guys said, the spinach for Popeye. <laughs> and you do definitely get that here, but you also see like the repercussions of that. And one of the oh, kind yeah. of big lessons that you you learn from this following scene with Wong Kei Ying kind of scolding everyone is, um, 
you know, that, you know, this is like bad. This is destroying everything. And it just kind of explodes into this huge situation. Yeah. There still is a lot of like really great comedy here with. Uh, yeah, because now the ginseng plot has kind of gotten revealed. So Wong Kei Ying oh is super God. upset that it's. Oh, the what SHIT happened is hitting the and, fan from all directions. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, he's. Um, he's about to, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of brutal, but he's about to like hit Anita with a switch. And, um, the only thing seemingly that saves her from her husband's pretend she's pregnant. I'm pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's pretty, yeah, she's, she's probably pretending. Oh yeah. She's like dark humor. It's, it's an interesting scene because she's so funny and the stuff she's doing makes you Mm -hmm. laugh, Yeah, but it's a really dark scene. And, and you know what he's doing to, to his son is is just really dark, especially when he's you know, I, I forcing wonder how him to... dark it would have played for Hong Kong audiences. Oh my god! At the time. When he's like forcing I, him I imagine to drink this would more. have been more of like a straight comedy beat. Yeah, yeah I kind of read it as more of a comedy, but I could see yeah when you when you're pulling like that, you could see like whoa, this is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know but, when he's um, forcing him to I, drink that you when know, he's like pouring it down his throat. That's yeah, pitch that's black. Well, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. yeah, there's a way to there's a way that that could have been characterized in a different film, the same exact actions. I mean, a husband threatening to hit his wife and then forcing his son. But it's definitely I think it's intended to be more of a comedic beat based on how everyone is playing it. Mm-hmm. Um in But yeah, like you're like you're saying that sort of waterboarding <laughs> that's supposed to that's that's supposed to be kind of like the hero's low moment mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah. I think Rock that's, bottom. that's really effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes off to this, like down their tea house is just drinking even more oh, on his own. I, there's one other moment oh. that I wanted to call out. Sorry from that scene that I really thought was nice. It was like maybe one of the, a little touch that I thought had like the most heart um, in the movie. And it was when his brother um, runs or their off servant, after I think uh, runs off after Jackie. Um, oh yeah, and his father's like, no, he went. He's that like, way. He, yeah, well, he's, he's like, wants, what are you doing? He and you think he's to gonna stop him, him to be like, you're you're not allowed no. to leave? And he's like, he w- ran the yeah. other way. And I thought <laughs> yeah, that was really sweet moment. that it's like, yeah. I don't know. To he me, that actually disown him so much about like a bitter relationship between a father and son that he'll say that he hates him, but really he just doesn't have he doesn't want to run after him himself, but he. Yeah, he does immediately a regret. Beautiful moment. Yeah. We should say that this whole scene that we've just talked about, basically at at home, this was actually directed not by Lao Garlong or Jackie Chan, but by Frankie Chan, our kind of uh, yeah. oh, cool. do it all wunderkind, uh, the villain from Prodigal mm-hmm. Son and prominent Hong Kong composer. Jackie, I guess, brought him in just to direct this scene. Apparently, huh. just wanting to focus on his acting here. But yeah, now Jackie goes off to this tea house and just drinking his troubles away. And I will say, while I do uh, of the two dubs, I prefer the the Jackie one over the the original one. But in the original one, the way that they he says like waitress over here, I want to request a song. Yes, sir. What would you like? It's called "I Hate Daddy," and I'll sing it myself. Do you know? I hate you, Daddy. Oh yes, <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> it's really rough. Oh man, so good. Oh. It's great. And then he, uh, then he gets uh, confronted again by our by our evil foreman, Liu Kang. Well, again, and then shows you up. have the yeah. best way to make someone seem like an evil a hole is to have them snap an instrument in two. 
Like, I feel like whenever <laughs> someone does that, no good person in a movie yeah. ever has done that ever. And I, and I think this is back to the um, Lau Garlong uh, directed material here in this uh, mm. sequence. Ken Lo gets a huge kick right to Jackie's face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, Henry, the uh, Hosung Pax character, brings everybody to kind of confront uh, Wong Fei Hung. And Wong Fei Hung's in no condition to fight, um, but they think he's faking it they're like yeah no this is what he was like before but he kicked our ass mm-hmm. right and, and it's like um, this is what drunken boxing looks like yeah yep. ken Lowe tests him and they're like yeah this he's he's a waste of time right now so they actually grab him and string him up in the town they square crucify him and <laughs> yeah basically actually yeah really it says king of drunken fist on that oh really that so it's actually it is pretty like, close and, and I, think, to, I, think, I think they yeah. cut that out of the U, uh, u.s theatrical version oh really oh maybe or, yeah i might so, be remembering that wrong but, but yeah there are just a few uh a few kind of spicier moments that get cut out of uh mm-hmm. of that particular cut and i thought that was one this is definitely the lowest point so uh wong fei hung is down and out and he kind of goes to his father and his friends who are all at Po Chilam and uh, kind of kowtows down to them and yeah it's kind of a growing moment for Wong Fei Hung and actually there's like a, a phrase that becomes pretty important later in the film where Wong Ki Ying says something like you know a boat can float on water but water can also sink the boat referring to alcohol mm-hmm. and it's used mm-hmm. with drunken fists so that's that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, totally. And we also and then, get to see, um, you know, the more emotional side of Jackie's acting here. Yep. In Bay Logan's commentary, he jokingly says that it's not a Jackie Chan movie unless he's uh, taking his shirt off in the scene and crying <laughs> in a close-up. Yep. <laughs> nice. Definitely we definitely get, get both that. of those. Um, in this, so. Yeah. The, the scene following this is really great, too. So we're reintroduced to Lao Garlong's character, and what you find out is uh, basically everything. His motivation is, mm-hmm. you know, for the mainland kind of saving uh, their treasures. And you get a really cool instance of Anita Mui versus Lao Garlong. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Apparently, uh, this uh, this was a longer sequence, but Jackie, oh, man. you know, Jackie was the one who had final cut in the movie since Lao Garlong was no longer involved. Oh. So he did end up trimming some sequences. Like a That's lot really... of Hong Kong films, you're not going to find these deleted mm. scenes or shots. When it's gone, yeah. it's gone, unfortunately. That's but terrible. What we have here because is the, just you, amazing. Yeah, you also get a moment of Lao Garlong versus Ti Lung, which is also like... Yeah, really like, special to see on screen. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, we find out all of the motivations now. So when she, as a you know soldier of the country, uh, is kind of working with Wong Fei Hung, they're kind of making a plan to kind of return these treasures to the country. And they're in a tea house, and uh, it's like this classic situation where you see this set and you're like. This set exists to be destroyed. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> Especially the stairs. It's perfect. Yeah, oh, they've man, got this yeah. kind of balcony, an indoor balcony with a staircase, and it's actually really comedic how this all plays out. Mm-hmm. So they're in the tea house talking to each other, and just a the moment they're like, oh, 
Where did everybody go? Yeah. <laughs> Wong right, Fei looks out the window, and uh, who do we see? But it's like the typical kind of hired goons, the axe mm-hmm. gang. It's the, the entire gang. Really, it's yeah. like eight hundred people it's against so many Wong people. Fei-Hung it's and crazy. Yeah. Coming up in you ladders. You can tell that Lao Garlong and Jackie are determined to top any tea house fight that you ever saw or ever remember from. So the biggest question I have is what is the weapon? What is he using? It's amazing. It works really well. (laughs) Oh, the bamboo. Yeah. So it's basically just a a piece of a bamboo stick, but it gets kind of shredded. Conveniently. uh, It like works. It has like million and one uses. Yeah. (laughs) All of the things that they end up doing. You can imagine like a ShamWow infomercial (laughs) for this bamboo. They end up using these guys, like benches or a table or uh, you know uh, anything in the yeah. restaurant turns into these kind of big, huge weapons that they can just swing and swath away like a huge like group of guys because they're fighting literally like forty or so people at once, and all the choreography as like kind of fantastical as it seems, it just like works really well. Yeah, you almost think just of like really a. Grounded. Like a Dynasty Warriors game yeah. where you're just one character swinging at a whole like 30 characters. And um, slowly but surely, they end up destroying every part of this uh, tea house. I really love a moment where you've got a whole like crowd of Axe Gang members climbing up the staircase. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wen Chi, Lao Garlong, kind of stomps some, like, the railing away. <laughs> And then he does like this kind of earthquake, like stomping the whole staircase yeah. and it falls down. <laughs> um, it spills outside and actually you see kind of the head of the Axe Gang here. Ah, that's and actually, Shu Sha. Yeah. That's Shu Sha, who was the king of sticks in the original Drunken Master. So he's the only, uh, outside of Jackie, returning actor to be in both but films. But that almost makes it like really a cool. confirmed remake in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, the... You can almost argue that because in all these films, like even in this film, you'll see Jackie's stunt team playing multiple different characters. So like you'll right. see Mars, who yeah, you see Mars a bunch a of films, or you even s- Rocky Lai. Yeah, Rocky Lai. They're they're playing multiple different characters in different scenes. So it's like kind of like par for the course <laughs> when it comes right. to this. But you could argue it either way. But anyways, um, Lao Garlong character when she does kind of suffer a, out of like a thousand axes one finally yeah. does yeah. reach his back oh what happens <laughs> before that it's one of my favorite bits where it's like oh you need to clean off this wound also take off your shirt because we got to make you all shiny for the rest of the fight <laughs> yeah that doesn't yeah, make any he sense does this oil thing. heal up it looks better with why is he having to take his shirt off oh, i'll just go with it i don't camera really loves know, it but it yeah. The other thing I really like is that that shredded bamboo turns into like this really dangerous weapon mm-hmm. that yeah. he can just kind yeah, of cut up anybody. Well, yeah. I think also the um, going shirtless, I don't know. It's kind of like an honor thing as far as the stunts go because it's clear that Jackie isn't wearing any padding yeah. or any protection uh, oh, from sure. the bamboo. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Hmm. I and will it's say, not just I, used to like cut the opponents up he actually uses it very creatively where he kind of spreads it and closes kind of it off to kind of yeah. trap them yeah. mm-hmm. i also really like the sort of um i guess it's not the scene that precedes it but the sort of the whole dialogue before the fight kicks in i like 
Um, first of oh, all, oh, it's Jackie and Lyle Garland. Yeah, yeah, I like that he's kind of giving the explanation about the British kind of the slippery kind of slope coming in and almost trying to like steal their culture from them. Yeah, when's it gonna stop? Um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. But yeah, he does say mm-hmm. he has kind of like an interesting, he's like, you know, today they take this idol and then tomorrow it's like pretty soon they'll be taking the Great Wall. Um, and it's like, <laughs> oh, that's a little, that's kind it's of. It's like a, a carbon San Diego villain. Yeah. yeah. As but, of the date of this recording, they have not taken the Great Wall. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 2020 has um, been was, nuts so far. So uh, I, I also, oh. it, something, and this might've just been something that comes through on the dub, but it really makes Jackie's character seem so impressionable. Like, it's almost like there's a little bit of a feeling of like, if you talk to him for long enough, he'll start like agreeing <laughs> with you. You that's know? such a good point. That's like every Hong Kong hero in some mm-hmm. ways. Well, and he also just now. says everything that he's thinking. So, you know, like, hey, you're not very patriotic, are you? Yeah. You know, he <laughs> says stuff like that. And it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of implied by that. He's like making cash, like selling his country down the drain. But there's like a lot of <laughs> stuff like that, that. I don't know if that's just like a result of the. I don't know the the dub translation being on the nose for a lot of things, but there's a couple <laughs> the like things thing, that are repeated like that. Right. I've I've talked about how um, kind of like anime heroes are really influenced by kung fu movies <laughs> in a lot of ways, and I think that's definitely a trait that carries over to anime. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Another almost anime-ish or uh, video game thing is we have this group of like the three sidekick heroes mm-hmm. that come up to try to help. So we've got our fishmonger. We have our uh, snake merchant played by uh, Suki Kwan. <laughs> and then we have this other character that's played by a uh, real life cousin to Lao Gar Long, uh, Lao Gar Young, who's a great on-screen fighter. He is an actor who does not appear in the uh, Jackie direct. Oh, I was wondering what happened movie. to him. I'm like, what? Well, you don't see him after <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Uh, that was yeah exactly i think they do a pretty good job by the time you get to the end of almost fading out who's supposed to go into the uh, (laughs) that's true there is something weird though about the way some of the beats of those scenes play out um and and not to get ahead of ourselves um but when they have that they basically it's like the three characters talk about what they're going to do and that, that this like fortress or this mine or that castle thing that they break into in the next scene is just both of them doing it. And they're like surprised to see the other one there and like, Hey, what are you doing here? It's like, wait, weren't you guys just talking about coming here? <laughs> right. But I, that, I wonder like, is that, it's not clear though, if they were just, if they knew they were going to both infiltrate and they just didn't, sure. didn't, you know, but I was curious, like, that is moment. that, partially a relic of being shot in two different countries that maybe there was supposed to be some other thing that got changed or something. Mm. Yeah. So some, in... of, some of that, I think it's and actually even um, that the end of the sequence that we're talking about, you mentioned how well Garlong's character was stabbed, but then he makes his way out into an alley. And it gets even <laughs> worse, for him. but they actually um... way to put it mildly. Yeah. They do <laughs> the shoot shot. Him. Right, right. But the shot that kind of confirms that he's dead, it's like there's this two shot on Jackie and the fishmonger. That was shot later in Hong Kong. So it's not clear whether, I mean, it seems like it would have to be a mortal wound, but um, maybe it, initially that character was, wasn't supposed to die, die. Hmm. But that's Ooh. sort of 
how things happen mm. in the final cut of the film. Oh, you, yeah, and in the so the dubbed versus the original audio version, his lines right when he dies are very different. So in the original audio, when she says like it's hopeless, like just give up, you know, like we've lost. In the dub, he actually says like tonight at the palace like, yeah. like point they're like we gotta find out a way to get <laughs> yeah. these guys to the next scene so the dub version actually changes gotta that. give him some but credit I, yeah. that's uh, it's bold <laughs> yeah. i think that that's interesting what you're talking about marty where you could kind of see if if lao garlong's character carried on throughout the rest of the film you could almost see him let's see like he could be almost like the master of the like uh, like Wong Fei Hung's new massive, like if you're thinking about classic Kung Fu mm-hmm. movies, like you could read it that way. Like, uh, that would be great. Oh, um, that's, yeah, I, I was kind of getting would... that vibe. Well, when he, I forgot, I thought his last words when he died were, there is another sky. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was yeah. in the dimension dub. Yeah. Oh, nice. right. <laughs> but this following scene is, uh, it it kind of moves pretty quickly. So you've got Wong Fei Hong and San breaking in separately, but they end up getting caught. I like in and, the original um, yeah. audio, the original music has some like Mario 64 do's in the music. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> man, <laughs> totally. Yep. Yeah, that's that my only note. Kind of that yeah, like almost, um, yes, yeah, subterfuge sneaking into the palace score is very dated and very mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. synthy yeah um, yeah old very Yamaha ferris bueller's day off he yeah ferris's oh, keyboard yeah. good call yep yep so they end up getting caught and it's kind of like the uh the british consulate they're like this is our opportunity there's to... that great shot where they're caught in that giant ballroom yeah. or whatever yeah and they're like, mm-hmm. uh, scooting back that's awesome. And there's also some just great Jackie acrobatic. Um, mm-hmm. That moment where he does like the double wall kick. Um, yeah, they're going to use them kind of as a almost like a blackmail to get Pochilan because it's actually kind of funny. The British consulate is annoyed by the uh, Choi Lee food practitioners and he just wants to buy up that land. And Pochilan, Wong Ki Ying won't sell. So they're going to use this moment of opportunity to get that land and You're gonna tear um, down the rec they center. Also, yeah. They, <laughs> they imprison them and there's like this really short scene where you can, you're watching it and it feels like there should be more, but yeah. basically you see them get their asses kicked in jail. And, um, then they're kind of given up as a trade, but, um, with that they lose Pochi Lam. What's, so, um, what's the line? Someone asks, um, one of them, are, have you? Are you hurt, or have you been hurt? Did they hurt you? And he's like bleeding clearly. Oh yeah, yeah. His yeah. stepmother goes <laughs> up to him when like he's like covered bloody. in a red, blood-soaked. He's like as beaten <laughs> brutally, and she's like, "Did they hurt are you? you? Hurt? Yeah." <laughs> oh great. Yep. Yeah, she's blind. Uh, didn't they miss? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm very, very hurt. <laughs> so what they're doing now is they're basically combining this plot with that uh, steel mill slash mine yeah. and this Pochi Lam situation where um, the, 
the mine workers are kind of oppressed and they're wanting to revolt against the foremen who are run by the consulate, understandably. Mm. And um, there's also the plot of them stealing these artifacts and it looks like what they're going to do is hide them in steel shipments and uh, export them. So this all sets up the finale of the film. So Wong Fei Hong and San and all of the workers uh, confront the consulate and... Um, there's another like kind of heavy that we haven't talked about yet, and um, he's uh, a Western-looking dude, but he almost looks like he's kind of like an Australian or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, he's uh, his name, yeah, his name's like Victor Tutuane. And the, um, in the commentary, like, he says like, it. Uh, he says Vincent Tutuane is how he says it. Oh, so yeah. uh, it's it's. Okay. I wouldn't have gotten that from reading it, so I'm glad he said it out loud. Sure, and um, he's got a really cool look about him, and um, he gets a couple of really good action sequences, and one that we'll see in just a little bit, but um, he's kind of like, if there were like, you know, like Sagat and uh, Balrog <laughs> Vega, he'd yeah. be like the Sagat, or, or yeah. like the the Balrog that you fight, like the first of the bosses. Yeah. And, um, uh, I like when they're fighting on that railing of that uh, that building. It's just a, yeah cool location and really great darker moody lighting stuff there yep the other device that kind of plays a part in the finale is that um wong fei hung kind of as punishments making uh doing calligraphy and he writes on a fan that saying that i mentioned earlier about the boat uh, being held up by water but sinking also by the water and um he actually ends up looking very similar to Jet Li's Wong Fei Hung yeah. in Once Upon a Time in China. He's got this cream-colored outfit, and uh, he's mm-hmm. also holding that fan, and he does this kind of... Yeah, it's kind of like big... a, I'm going to let you finish, Jet. Uh, I was, well, that, I was exactly. Wong Fei Hung. Well, I imagine first, that, that, cream, like. that cream outfit was, was chosen because I imagine that they were able to have some extra kind of padding in order to protect him from that infamous shot that i'm sure we'll touch on in a second here yeah oh yeah no, that's that's a good point yeah and in general the like the traditional kind of martial arts garb does allow for some opportunities for some more padding and to get burned uh, by scalding embers oh man <laughs> what's interesting is that this little sequence in the courtyard of pochilam actually if you look closely pochilam looks different depending on whether it's the <laughs> chinese shot stuff or yeah. the hong kong shot stuff <laughs> And so this little sequence where we see Jackie painting the fan, this is a Jackie-directed spot. And so it's, I think he's finding a way to link to existing footage that they have in the following scene where Wong Fei-Hung walks in with the fan. So finding a good way to justify that his Wong Fei-Hung does have the fan as well. So now we're we're at our at the final boss stage of this of this movie. Yeah, we're back at the mine. There's this huge like fight going on where all the uh, everyone's kind of using their special moves. Even the what what did you say, snake merchant lady? <laughs> snake merchant lady. She throws yeah. some snakes to like <laughs> get some of the guards to run away and stuff before they like. Uh, I like that they destroy the guns instead of turning them around and shooting them because I guess that wouldn't be honorable or whatever. I it's think cool. that's a really cool moment. They're yeah, also, it's also not using the Western tools. Yeah. Yes. A moment of patriotism mm-hmm. there. Yep. So Wong Fei Hung makes his way into the mill and uh, encounters the first of our bosses, mm-hmm. who, who I said, uh, yeah. Vincent here. And he 
He kind of has this Freddy Krueger look he going does. on. But he's he totally right in with the fire like everywhere this. and stuff too. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, what he a great setting like for this, this final showdown. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like the it's end like of the you've world entered hell. Now yeah. can you survive? Yeah, it's like the Temple of Doom kind mm-hmm. of. It's that level of set piece, you know, with the conveyor belt. There's just, and there's the guy just with so the many crusher. good fight moments. It's mm-hmm. it's just staggering how many great moments there are. And this here. is also, I think, some of the best, uh, maybe one of the best transitions from the older to the newer parts of the production. Mm-hmm. Getting into that area, it's the old, it's the actual location of the mine. And then following that, it's really well done kind of without realizing it you lead into the hong kong filmed section and by then our friendly uh fighter tag team friends are uh, no longer to be seen <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and one of them Gar young is uh, no longer involved with the film one thing that i love about that this end fight is it's also a really great balance of old and new with like jackie's style because it's oh totally it has yeah. some elements that you might not have ever seen before and it does remind me of like some of his more modern uh movies as far as like how he uses the environment and stuff like that his fight here against vincent is actually uh this is laugar long's work so if you're looking for like i was saying earlier the different interpretations of the drunken fist you can see Lao Garlong's work here, and then you'll see Jackie's following and that. And even so, the depictions of Wong Fei Hung, again, he's the more restrained, wise, sophisticated yeah. character in the Lao Garlong section. Mm-hmm. And then as we break into the, uh, the final, final fight, it's hard to describe yeah. these areas. But we have more kind of Jackie Chan TM. Yeah. <laughs> The thing that I like to say too, and we've seen it already in the film, is that uh, when Jackie's using wires, like when he's on a rig, it's very tasteful. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he always kind of stays on this kind of axis where it's just to the point where you could almost see a martial artist actually being able to Mm -hmm. do this, but it's still like just so wild that it's. Very yeah, it's like if it's auto tune, it's not on the whole time, maxed yeah. out. It's just employed for special, yeah, special phrases. And he talks about that in that great documentary, My Stunts, where he's kind of showing if you were how to choreograph a fight sequence. There's a little section where he does talk about wire work. He says he doesn't really like to use it, but here are some ways that so can really. So I'm. I have something. a question for you guys since you're. You seem to be such experts in knowing all the behind the scenes. How long? <laughs> what was the process like for choreographing like that whole final sequence? I mean, to me, it's like when you just watch it back, it just looks like so much. I mean, every single confrontation, not even just like a fight, but just even in the span of like. 12 seconds it seems like but then you add the fire on top of all that and it's i can't even imagine well this is is actually some legendary stories around this uh do you want to take it carlos as far as the length because jackie's made explicit how much time the final fight of drunken master 2 Mm. took to shoot well i mean just off the top of my head i know i've heard him speak about how Sometimes he'll just kind of sit for like maybe four or five days just yeah. coming up with the ideas like and kind of figuring out. So some days out they'll work where... really hard and really long hours. They kind of yeah. don't move on unless they have an idea. Supposedly it was a four-month period wow. exclusively mm-hmm. for the final fight. 
Yeah, and like, I believe just it. imagine that four months. I mean, what other fight uh, has has about... has like fire? Basically, it's just like fire. Bre- they're like dragons at one point. I mean, it's <laughs> just it's just crazy. Yeah. Um. So he he takes care of uh, Vincent here, and he does this really cool stunt where he he's got his foot up against this kind of scalding like yeah. furnace and it kind of lights his almost it lights his foot on fire and then he yeah, does like this straight come. kick yeah. to him and that's really cool in itself but just to top that off yeah he's got this stunt where uh his foot's on fire he can't put it out and his friend tosses that's him so some cool. water so he does this it's one of the cool shots in the movie to put out yeah to put out the the that is on fire. Oh, in, in a, a in, a, in yeah. a movie full of gifable moments, that is definitely chief among them. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, for sure. I also so love that guy on, on to... the upper floor throwing down the fire. Like it's such a villainous yeah, yeah. thing to do because it's so what destructive and it's so cowardly. You know, just <laughs> yeah. to like cover people in flames, mm-hmm. but then it becomes this really pressing, tenacious element because you can see that it's like since it's a gas fire, even if they roll around, like the only thing mm-hmm. that puts it out is that like ash or whatever that they mm-hmm. pour yeah. on themselves. Yeah, and Ken Lo and Hosung Pak are are literally standing above all of their other kind of goons. Yeah, that it's like got, a it's like a final um, fight against. or a Streets of Rage boss yeah. just watching. You I was fight thinking like those. a yeah, castle, totally. like a Castlevania stage that goes yeah. on multiple mm-hmm. floors, and then you have somebody up top like throwing stuff down on. Right. You. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. And they're like they're loosening uh, the those barrels that are chained up to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. They're falling on Jackie as he's fighting two or three guys. And these two or three guys are usually Jackie Chan stunt team regulars. This is the section where we're back in Hong Kong. It's from here to the end. That's that four-month period Mm -hmm. we're talking about. This is possibly, even from Jackie himself, even in recent accounts, I believe one of his favorite sequences uh, he's ever produced. And certainly one of It's definitely one of mine. I mean- Speaking just on like the really, really dangerous fire stunt where he has to fall into a pit of fire. I mean, it looks it looks incredible. It's it's shocking. Like you can't watch that and not like cover your mouth because it's just (laughs) yeah, it's so shocking. And yeah, so clearly he has padding and he must have um, some sort of gloves on. But what's great is you can't really see that like it doesn't you can't really tell. It just looks real. Yeah, yeah, even 100%. in the the slow mos, and even seeing the uh, the ngs, the outtakes at the end of the film, like yeah. th- it doesn't take away mm-hmm. from the danger that he's putting. No, and a lot in, of the a lot of the um, ngs are just the 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 shot that happened in the movie, and then someone immediately running in yeah. to to put them yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, with fire extinguishers. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just crazy. But it's just it's great about watching any of the ngs is you just see what a family all yeah. these guys are. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of cool, um, actually, uh, looking at our little arc of Heroes 3 drunken movies we've been watching. It's fire featured a lot in Drunken Tai Chi. We get to kind of see that taken to the next level here. Right. And even in uh, Dance of the Drunk Mantis, we oh, got yeah. Bigger So tossing his kind of own uh, yeah. yoga flame out. <laughs> so another one, one of curious. my another one of my most favorite definitely gifable moments is whenever Jackie's getting ready to fight Ken Lo and like this final fight and he throws the barrel and Ken Lo just kicks it back. Oh, yeah, that's, that's an so amazing great. shot. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. This moves us into the final sequence here where Hosung Pak gets a little bit of action. <laughs> he gets jobbed out a Not little much. bit. So. Yeah, it's, it's really it's okay. unfortunate that, you know, 
Yeah, I I agree. I, it's unfortunate that he kind of gets uh sidelined, but we've got Ken Lowe here, and um, the combination of the two at first is really exciting because uh Ken Lowe's character in this film, uh, you you did get the sense that he was a strong fighter, but, but yeah, no right idea now just you, how strong. I mean, his yeah. kicking, his footwork, it's one of the most impressive like footwork shots I've I've ever seen. And it's uh, amazing because Ken is this in-house guy and arguably not mm-hmm. the first choice to play the lead villain in a Jackie Chan film. But it kind of reminds me of George Lucas not wanting to cast Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. No, that's my guy. I've already used him. But he's really the best yeah, fit Yeah, but you'd never it. get that. Just as an outsider, I mean, he's absolutely incredible and, and seems like such a good adversary. I mean, because we've really seen some great kickers. Oh, yeah. That are imported to the production just to be that final yeah, like amazing Huang John bad Lee's guy. been in a couple of our movies. Totally, totally. But I don't know. I mean, Ken's one of the all-time. I also like great it's how amazing. in Jackie's drunken antics, he sort of like makes fun of his little footwork. <laughs> yeah, like at <laughs> the end, great. like yeah. after oh, yeah. he sort of like gets him down for the first time, he does like this little leg yeah, shake, like so he's good. imitating him. I thought that was really funny. Well, there's so many funny mm-hmm. antics, mm-hmm. like drunken antics. Like one of my favorite little gags is when when he takes both hands and he's like going around the world with their head. Um, that's just really yeah, the, funny. The drug, but one thing I'm curious, the, guys, the like drunken what jug. what is that supposed to be that he's drinking, and what do you think it actually is? Because it's something that that oh, okay. causes bubbles. Because in he's he's literally blowing <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> this is uh, it's industrial alcohol, and they the first scene with the mill, they show like they make a point to show it up on the wall and they use right. it they say in like, the hey, steel mill. Right, they like, hey, use alcohol to light this right, fire. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, but um, Jackie, yeah, in the middle of this fight, um, he's kind of on the ropes and Ken Lowe's just kind of dominating him and he ends up grabbing the fan and saying that phrase and that kind of does like a little ding in Wong Fei Hung's memory and he grabs this alcohol and the moment that he does that and uh, drinks this industrial strength alcohol. Uh, this is where we get the superhero that I was Yeah, he turns into a superhero. Earlier. So what do you think it actually was yeah. that he was drinking? Like in real life? Yeah, because like it's something that causes bro. bubbles. Oh. Well, there are definitely shots where he's drinking, I would say, like that fire breather kind of alcohol. Yeah, you know, like high Those proof. dudes use. Alcohol. Right. Um, but I'm there sure there are those actual fire breathing stunts. Yeah. yeah. But I'm but, sure most of the time it's probably just water with red food coloring in it a little bit. Right. It just depends I on. I mean, they make it look like gasoline. Yeah. It looks mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I love that they really <laughs> yeah. sell how gross it is, and even Jackie's. Right. Like, I also Ew, think the whole bubbles thing is just a joke. Like that's oh, yeah. like a Laurel silly. and Hardy silly. Yeah. Like the idea. And it's great in the NGs when you see uh, all the attempts that he had to make to try to get yeah, that perfect right credits. Yeah, it's good. I love too the concept, um, just like the aesthetics of how the final sequence works. It's like we said. It's almost like he's going into hell this dark pit of fire, but then physically he's so worn down. His clothing is destroyed. His hands are scarred and it almost seems like he's lost his mental faculties. Well, yeah, it's like they, the, our whole reason why they drink is so that they don't feel the pain, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's one of the uh, ideas that Jackie wanted to get across. Um, 
separate from Lao Garlong, who wanted to really kind of represent the martial arts of drunken boxing. Jackie was taking it to, yeah, when you're drunk, you can't feel this pain, so you can actually do mm-hmm. moves you wouldn't be able to do normally. Totally. Um, yeah, to I, the degree that there was a disagreement between the two guys, it may have been over, like you're saying, the depiction of the drunken boxing. In the final movie, we don't really get many glimpses of Lao Garlong's vision of that. Yeah. And to Jackie's credit, I mean, I think he really understood his audience. Really, Jackie's depictions of drunken boxing are some of our favorite moments from the movie. It's iconic. It's so mm-hmm, classic. Mm-hmm. And you get some of the same antics uh, twice. That's what I love. You get the lawnmower. And it's like, whenever that comes back, it's like, oh, he's doing the lawnmower again. Oh, the lawnmower. Nice. I like that. <laughs> he and does that actually, twice. Actually, yeah, the, when, when opponents get hit, like when Wong Fei Hung is powered up, you know, the stunt work isn't just what Jackie's doing, but it's mm-hmm. how the stunt men are flying oh, away. And, and, there are and some a great really example great of that is where... the finishing move, like kind of the, the WWE, like, you know, he gets up on that high, you know, step. And that's all about the other person, like selling that mm-hmm. with the flipping and stuff. Yeah. And just like, Right before that, where he kicks Ken Lo to the wall, like he does, like kind of a, yes. a flip and splats against the wall, really like a well cartoon done. character. Yeah, Jackie's literally like Carl was saying doing that that like looked like cartoon Bison doing like his little across the board. Oh spin no, yeah, moves. that's different. That's just before oh. that. Yeah, when he does oh, kind the of the tornado. Yeah, he does like this spinning oh, headbutt. Yeah. He does that a couple of times yeah. in the film. That looks amazing. I think a a reason that for so many fans of Jackie Chan, the final sequence of Drunken Master 2 is like the fight is because he's found a reason to be a Superman, finally. Like we've said Mm -hmm. many times Mm -hmm. before, I think the recipe for Jackie Chan's success, what's so special about his taste, he wants to depict himself as the everyman. He gets hurt. He's just Mm -hmm. like you or me, but he happens to have these incredible martial arts skills. This is really one of the only sequences where a Jackie Chan character is able to to arm himself with some kind of superpower. And we feel like he's earned it here. And there's this fun mechanism of the alcohol and the drunken technique. And it does mean, though, as viewers... We get to see Jackie Chan, the unstoppable superhuman force. It's a larger-than-life yeah. fight, for sure. Yeah, once he is, like super mode he's just dominating and ken lo you almost feel bad for him having to fight wong <laughs> fei hung in this yeah, state totally and also <laughs> yeah. you he's kind of forget like, wong fei hung it's like wait who, this isn't wong fei hung this is jackie chan yeah absolutely it's like uh drunken incredible hulk <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like it's, and it's also just, that's that, that one crazy of, it is. one of his final moves is jackie pushing his nose his famous big nose into Kenlo's <laughs> yeah. eye. It's oh, like yeah, that's really funny. Nod. But I mean, yeah, just imagine, let's say there were skeptical audience members. Oh, Jackie Chan, these many years later, I don't know if he can still do Kung Fu. And mm-hmm. it's maybe the most impressive you've ever seen him. Yep. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Put everything So he just dominates. Yeah. He dominates uh, John here, played by Ken Lo. And um, it's kind of interesting because... The British consulate's kind of like the villain in all of this, and he's basically like their bodyguard. So they don't really go into uh, 
the victory of like the Chinese against the British consulate, all you really right. see is this fight, and it kind of represents that. I almost yeah. want to see like Wong Fei Hung getting into a hovercraft <laughs> and running over the British consulate <laughs> guy, retrieving <laughs> like, Danny's cushion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the end. Like the that. end of the movie. It's it's um. It kind of just kind of just ends. There's just not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. not a... In the but uh, American version, really just ends yeah. right here. They cut yeah. out this final scene. Uh, well, yeah, with yeah. Uncle Bill, I was actually. really excited to see Uncle yeah. Bill. Yeah. They definitely cut it out because uh, the version that we watched, the last like 40 seconds, all of a sudden it just switched to Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they yeah. never... They like, never like, okay, so yeah, they must have ended this a few seconds earlier. And I think <laughs> there was... Yeah, I think there's also some concern that maybe wasn't super sensitive jackie's like uh portrayal at the very end yeah he's doing some sort of like he's been he's been like really messed up mm. mentally from the event well simple the, jack action the final fight yeah yeah it's yeah, simple it's, jack i would say it was a swing and a miss time in my opinion <laughs> for sure but after that you get to see oh, the yeah. outtakes and like we said like these are really really great a lot of close calls here my favorite um, is definitely it, his yeah. whenever the the stunt where like the pipe sticks through the chair and just Jackie's just like incredulous like whoa that that actually almost hit me <laughs> like yeah he's like wow yeah. I almost avoided yeah. so mm. for someone who's been hurt in every possible conceivable <laughs> yeah. fashion right. It's like it's almost the more harrowing thing is to see that he's still afraid of pain, like oh, you yeah, know totally. it makes his dedication that much more heroic. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked about it before with NGs, where there's a sense after the second or so film where he started sharing the no goods that Jackie knows that anything that's ever shot could be an NG. And there's almost a sense that he's ready to be in character at all times, and so sometimes it's hard to know whether he's really genuinely that happy about mm-hmm. some of these mishaps or whether he's still trying to be an entertainer, yeah. even in these outtake moments. Yeah. Which some is, of the most entertaining I mean, parts of his movies. Imagine that level of commitment. It's, it's crazy. I was doing some homework trying to figure out if there were any like really big injuries. Cause usually in the NGs you'll see like one, one person getting like, like oh, yeah, lifted man. out in a helicopter or something. Oh, there was one where yeah. it landed on his, there was one on him where something that fell landed on him that he was oh, supposed that to roll out of the way. Yeah. 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 I mean, he definitely but fortunately, got hurt, Most but... of them seem pretty humorous, which is uh, yeah, that's good. nice for Jackie. I, I like the one where he's at home at Pochilam and he's up on that ladder and mm-hmm. that guy asks about and he the just ginseng, falls down and he just falls and Tilong is laughing and just mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty cute a drunken master too has some of my favorite kinds of stunts that like i get frustrated when i watch like jackie do like the kind of death defying stunts that i'm like you don't have to actually do this legit like you're a <laughs> treasure don't kill yourself over a movie <laughs> Like that, that honestly like upsets me. I get scared watching it, even though I know that it's fine. Um, but like all the, a... the stunts in this movie are just for spectacle. I mean, obviously the fire stunt is like insane. Um, but there's mm-hmm. not that worry that like he's going to fall off of a 50 story building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a funny moment in uh, Jackie Chan's biography where 
he's talking about Michelle Yeoh and she was talking about going like skiing or something and Jackie's like oh, don't do that like why would you do that he's like if you're gonna do something crazy it should be on film on because then yeah. people can actually see how brave you were <laughs> and then the 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 thing that's funny about it too is that she the next time they saw each other she was wearing crutches and she had gotten <laughs> injured so she had to like lay low for a while and he's like see like i told you it's <laughs> funny it's really crazy oh man that's so great but yeah that's dragon master 2 <sighs> what a good movie what were your thoughts man. matthew oh i mean i time? loved it it oh. was it's funny seeing it in the context of the drunken master movies but also thinking of it in the context of that jackie arc we just did and how it kind of fits into both because like it, it oh, feels totally. it feels similar to rumble in the bronx but it also feels kind of similar mm-hmm. to it has like the the it's a timeless jackie movie of dragon master well Jackie has the kind of reddish tint to his hair. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. The, like, oh yeah, like in First Strike. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, it is great. I, and and it's frustrating too because this was on Netflix for forever, and then as soon as it came time mm-hmm. to watch for this movie, nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely worth seeking out though. Yeah, and I would say the uh, the commercially available U.S. version Legend of the Drunken Master isn't bad Mm-mm, uh like all. we mentioned there's some i don't know awkward elements in the score that leave something to be desired and really if you track down the original version you're not hearing jackie's voice in the original cantonese Anyways, yeah. either and so there's yeah and the original english dub that we've been uh referring to throughout the episode has some uh <laughs> bizarre moments and uh interpretations <laughs> but yeah, it's the important it, stuff is there. You see, I think the strengths of the film come through. It's impossible for them not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the American release, uh, you can find it on DVD. Um, it's English only, so there is that also. Um, but Matthew mentioned it all earlier in the episode, but we were, well, I was able to get the Hong Kong Rescue version of the film, which we've mentioned Hong Kong Rescue before on the podcast, but I really can't say enough. If you're a fan of this film, you probably should own this. It's very reasonable, reasonably priced, and uh, the amount of love put into uh, restoring it and kind of giving you everything that's kind of around the movie like all the bonus features and all the different audio options is just astounding that uh one person is working on these so um i think we'll link to it and you should really really buy it (laughs) also the hd transfer that they sourced for this beautiful amazing it looks great Uh, definitely better Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. the old vhs from back in the day (laughs) yeah well yeah i mean hats off jackie for all the hard work on this movie well that's the other thing that's the one part of the movie that like to me totally does feel like um you can feel the time that's passed from the first movie like the fact that this is 94 like it just yeah um particularly the shots in the opening and the stuff like with the train and some of the more like landscape shots just look so beautiful and just it's also now just that like no movie is shot on film it's just anytime you see like a i don't know any old movie it just has such a classic rich look and even a modern jackie chan film in the 21st century uh, makes use of the same sweeping cg stuff 
that can be kind of abused and overused in Hollywood. Yeah, this is such yeah. a treat watching this. We've got special effects, um, but there are all these practical things that are happening in camera, and it's mm-hmm. timeless, really. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite Jackie movies. It's hard for me to decide. It's it's probably still either between this and Wheels, Wheels on Meals. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, for sure. So good. Well, I was about to okay, say, guys. I, I want to wrap this up, but I have a feeling Carlos is about to jump on Ooh, us. Drop, so. drop that quiz. I've got a little oh, quiz. Boy. <laughs> um, all right, so five questions really quick. Let's get through these. Um, hopefully you have a little fun. So <laughs> Hope um, so. Here, here we go. I'm going to return to something that we did a little earlier. So for my first uh, quiz question i it's not really a question but here we go again name the fake wong fei hung film i'm gonna give you four titles oh. and you gotta oh, tell so, me uh, which one for the is the so, fake movie the character of wong <clears throat> fei hung yeah. has appeared in more movies than any other character mm-hmm. but these were mostly movies yeah. like in the 50s these black and whites that Quanta king starred in mm-hmm. and there were so many mm-hmm. of them and they were always like wong fei hung in the something something so Carlos has dug up some right. classic titles. <laughs> so here are four titles. Um, Wong Fei Hung's Combat with the Five Wolves. Wong can't be Fei that, Hung that and the fake. Battle. Well, well, just you wait. <laughs> and the Battle of okay. Saddle Hill. Wong Fei Hung versus the Master of the Ocean Fist. Or Wong, how Wong Fei Hung thrice tricked the lady's security <laughs> escort. I'm gonna. Which I, of these? Can titles? I guess the master of the ocean fist? Because that sounds the most normal. And I yeah, think I'm gonna do one. ocean fist as well. I think they're all other real. guys. Yeah, as I was say, I'm gonna think that they're all real. <laughs> I know that wasn't an option, but I know how you do, Carlos. <laughs> Actually, Carl and Will oh, are right. There you go. Wong Fei Hung versus the master. Because it was of the, the least ridiculous. Fist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I also right, I could just job. I could picture you having fun coming up with like, uh, yeah, it's almost an ocean master mm-hmm. fish. Oh you could say. snap! <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's we're okay. gonna talk about that movie next week. <laughs> sure, <laughs> Carlos and I are starting okay, a new so, podcast. <laughs> that's right. Number two. Who is the only other actor from the original Drunken Master to show up in Drunken Master 2 besides Jackie? Uh, Shusha, right? Yeah, Matthew got it. Shusha. Yeah, Shusha, correct. Well Mm -hmm. done, man. Okay, so also, uh, what film did Ho-Sung Pak work on that led him to play Henry in Drunken Master 2? I didn't say it was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Turtles 3. Man, you guys are listening. (laughs) Why are you guys listening? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bonus. Which Ninja Turtle did he Raphael. play? Raphael. Raphael. Oh, nice job, guys. Dang. All right. Okay. So let's dig a little deeper. Two more, two more questions. This female voice actor was listed in the English dub cast of Drunken Master Akira Yamaoka, Silent Hill girl. Okay. Wow. okay I don't know fine. her name. <laughs> Dang. All right. All right. Mary Elizabeth right. McGlynn. Yes, mm-hmm. the singer from uh, all your favorite Silent Hill songs. And also, Damn. she did. Right. Um, she voiced uh, Kusanagi in a lot of the Ghost in the Shell uh, dubs. Oh, oh awesome! Awesome! Oh, That's I great. That. I did not know mm-hmm. that. That's cool. Cool. Okay, here's number five. Who rocks the telly? Is half Joe Camel and a third Fonzarelli, a kung fu hippie <laughs> from Gangster City, Poochie. a rapping surfer? Poochie the dog. Would that be Poochie? And <laughs> Hold on. 
and provides medicinal aid to the people of Foshan. Um, hang on. Okay, so this is going to be some kind of like pun, yeah. play on words. You're getting Poochilam. Poochilam. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Love it. Oh, man. There you go. Oh, well done, Where's Poochie? Five questions. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> that I-, I have to go now. My re- plan re- is reset the Reset the clocks, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. We probably so made a Simpsons reference earlier in the episode. I don't even remember. <laughs> We did the the little. Oh guy. yeah, you're right. Guy's gonna do <laughs> oh <something>. yeah, Yakuza. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. Thanks for playing, guys. Sweet. Thanks for making it, Carlos. Yeah. I mean, thanks yeah, for having us on. This was a blast. Yeah. Let's say wow, um, man, before we so jump fun, into guys. plugs, uh, what do you guys want to plug? Uh yeah, just our just our podcast, Supermercado Bros. I think that's that's enough. What's that? It's just a podcast where we talk about video game music. Which what we talked about video a little bit. Games. Here. Yeah, we did. <laughs> video music, as our dad says. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, well, thank you so much, guys, for uh, joining us on this program here. It was a ton of fun having you guys on. It and... was a blast. Thanks again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Happy to stop by. And thank you for listening to our show here. If you like the show, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Again, we are at Heroes, the number three podcast. And thank you to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. So we've wrapped up our drunken master, drunken martial arts arc. And so it's going to be really hard to, to follow up to with follow this one. This, yeah. So Carlos, what's our training for next week? Well, I think yeah, we we can't really punch and kick anymore because yeah, we've. What else are you uh, gonna we've, do? We've done plenty of that. So what I think we can do is start shooting people. Oh yeah, that's right. That Logarlong got shot in this one, so that's the next logical step. Yeah, right. And so I think what we'll do is we'll focus on a Logarlong film called Tiger on the Beat from 1988. So um, we'll get to see Tilong again, and we'll also get to see Chow Yun, Chow Yun Fat. Uh, for the first oh, time in a long very time. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so this is a really fun film that we'll take a look at, and it will segue nicely into our look at gun action from Hong Kong. Ooh, very excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, until next week, where we're taking a look at Tiger on the Beat. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. <laughs> Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. All right. That wasn't three hours long.